T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Craig Riley with you for Bucko Talk, as we are every Saturday from 9 to 11, taking a look back on the past week for the Pirates, how things went, which isn't all that great at times right now, but that's okay. Losing is just fine. Every week, I will repeat that. Losing is fine. A high draft pick, all the better. But they did win one last night. So it's only fair, with all the losing we have to talk about, that when they win, we focus a little bit on that as well. I'm fine with that. It was a good one last night, too, because I'll be honest. After Thursday night's game, I don't know if you watched on the TV broadcast or listened on the radio. You should have been listening on the radio. But if you happened to click over to the TV broadcast right as it ended, they focused in on Josh Bell sitting on the top step of the dugout, staring off into the void like he had no life left in him at all. Just staring into the distance. Everybody's leaving the dugout, going back to the clubhouse, and he's just sitting there, blank stare, not budging, acting like there's nothing going on in the world. It was bizarre. And I'll be honest, I I heard a lot of Derek Shelton this week about staying positive. He thinks that's his job as the manager for this team. And you want these guys to break out of slumps for whatever reason. Do you want them to break out of a slump because you want them to be able to trade them? That's where I am. Or do you want them to break out of a slump just to see them play well? Also would be fine. Like I said, losing, not the worst thing in the world, though. You want to weigh in on any of this? You can text us on the Edgar Snyder & Associates fan text line, 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder & Associates reminds you to text responsibly. You can also call us on that number. We'll take some of your calls as well. So Thursday night, I see Josh Bell looking like that. Literally, the game ends, they show that and just that on the screen as they give their little recap. They go to commercial, they come back, you see Rick Eckstein, the hitting coach, having a very pointed conversation with Jose Osuna, who is just staring straight ahead and not looking at him. Now, they got masks on and everything, you can't tell what's being said, but I can tell you Rick Eckstein had the hand going, he was animated. It looked like the wheels, I mean, record-wise, had already fallen off, but it looked like morale-wise, where the team was... It was a a new low. And my concern for this season is it's all about developing players. It's about who is going to be here beyond this year and in years to come. 
getting those players to take a step forward, and then identifying guys that you're going to try and move. And I was very concerned after Thursday night's game that the one thing they can't have happen was happening. And that's guys checking out. The numbers certainly would back up the idea if you wanted to go that direction, that guys had checked out. And just to be honest, when a team is sitting here with a 200 winning percentage, I don't know how to some extent you don't. They're pros. They're supposed to be locked in. They're supposed to play hard, all those things. But losing stinks. I don't know how a lot of people viewed it. I always hated losing more than I enjoyed winning. I loved winning. Losing's the worst feeling in the world. And when you did it at the rate that they were doing, four wins in just 20 games, that's going to wear on you. So last night was a positive because at least it showed the life is still in there. Josh Bell goes two for three, and he walks in another at bat. Moran, I, Moran is emotionless. He got tossed from a game, and I thought that was impossible. That happened this week. The man is as even killed as they, as they come. And I remember seeing him say something to an umpire, and he's wagging his hand. And I thought, that is a fired-up Colin Moran. And he just walked away. Then that was it. Reynolds, though, this is the big one for the week. We know Kevin Newman had a good week. A bad night last night, 0 for 4. But Kevin Newman was heating up. He was on an eight-game hitting streak and looking like the Kevin Newman of last year. That's good. Brian Reynolds last night finally starts to show signs of Brian Reynolds from last year. That's what they need. Cole Tucker goes three for four, plays center, plays right, looking like he has a better command of the outfield with every game that goes by. He's hitting 256, which on this team should be in the lineup every day. Cole Tucker needs to be better than a 256 hitter, but I'll say this. Cole Tucker needs to be playing every day. It's not fair to him to have to spend as much time, I'm sure, as he is learning how to defensively field his new positions, center and right. But that has to be taking away from his work in the cage. Or he's doing both and just wear, not running himself into the ground because he's a young guy, but it's more than what he's used to taking on. He needs to continue to get regular at-bats to prove. A, a lot of people think they know what Cole Tucker is. They think he doesn't have a great bat, and that's fine. But it needs to be proven. He needs to have the chance to prove that's the case or show otherwise. So he needs to be out there every day. It's good to see him get a three-for-four game under his belt, driving a couple of runs. Because for him, it, it seems like the more the confidence rolls, the better it's going to be for him. So let him play. You look at the rest of the past week, starting pitching is actually pretty good. That gets lost. That absolutely gets lost in this season right now. That The starting pitching for this team is not half bad. Stephen Brault, he, he ran into the buzzsaw of Aaron Savali, who threw that complete game, gave up one run against them earlier in the week. But Stephen Brault was good. Trevor Williams, you want to see him work deeper than four innings, but he only gave up one run in his start. And Chad Cole looks like a real piece here for this team. He's got an ERA of 284 right now. And he's coming off Tommy John, and he looks good which makes you think maybe he's still working his way back and there's still more to come. I came into this year thinking Chad Cole projected as a back-of-the-bullpen kind of guy. Give me one inning where you throw everything you have into it and he'll wipe people out. But as long as he can continue to start like this, he has to stay in the rotation. It will. He absolutely will. But that's what they need to start seeing, signs of life from guys like that. If nothing else, I mean, the trade market brings the best returns for pitching. 
I'm not saying they have anybody that's going to bring them a bounty. But as we sit here with the trade deadline nine days away, I can't talk about anybody and not think in the back of my head of what their trade value is. This team is not close. This franchise is not close to contending. That has to be how you think about things. You're Ben Charrington, who we're going to hear a lot from today, including in our next segment. He talked yesterday with reporters and spent a big chunk of time talking about what he expects from this trade deadline and how he's viewing it. You're going to hear that. You're going to want to hear that, too. So you're at least getting good starting pitching. You're seeing life out of the bullpen. The Kella stuff hurts because that's a piece that they could have traded, and you really have to worry about the value now. Not just his health right now, but his health over the last couple of years. He has not stayed healthy. And and this is not the most popular opinion. I, I like Keone Kella. I had very good experiences with him in the spring this year. I think the team has responded to him, especially those guys in the bullpen, from what I saw when I was down there. He's just a good pitcher, but he's got to stay healthy. And he has an unbelievable walkout song and video that they put together for him being the closer now. And unfortunately, nobody can see it. You go to my Twitter, at Craig Riley, and you can see it. I retweeted it last night. So that, I mean, Kella's value, that hurt last night. Everything else is starting to go well for this team. Richard Rodriguez, Jeff Hartlieb, Sam Howard. You're seeing a bunch of guys start to pitch a lot better than you ever expected. So we'll see how it continues to go. Now, as you also look back on the past week, I mean, you talk about a home run that was it or wasn't it a home run. Carlos Santana. The jokes of when Shane Bieber beat them, he himself had more wins than the Pirates had. I mean, all of this is true. The Pirates do sit here at 5-17, and 17, and it's ugly. Even after a big 7-2 win, 14 hits, good pitching pretty much across the board, it's still not great. But you have to keep it in the context of what this season's about. What's happening with Kevin Newman? How's Josh Bell developing? Which, by the way, he DH'd again last night. If you watched the game and saw that submarine-style throw he made to the plate earlier this week to Jacob Stallings, you'll know why I think DHing him continues to be their best bet. Uh, he had a different arm slot in the spring that he was working out. It was sidearm. But that throw to the plate where he's trying to get a runner out at home, keep them in the game, and he throws it wide, he literally submarine threw the ball, which shows that that new throwing motion, which was my concern coming out of the spring, wasn't something that was just the muscle memory he's going to do it every time. Let Josh Bell just continue to DH, especially if it means he can just focus on getting that bat right. Because for them in trade value moving into the future, not at this trade down, I, I wouldn't move him unless somebody wanted to give me Josh Bell's value from whenever it was at its highest last year. The value is too low right now, but you need to get that player to that point. Because I talk about Josh Bell in the sense that I don't think a long-term deal is likely here for him. So you're keeping the season in that context. Colin Moran figuring out what he can do, what he can be. First base, he made he made a turn last night from first to second, made the throw. His bat's got to play a lot better to be a major league first baseman. But this is the year to figure that out definitively. He gets to hit against lefties more this year than he ever has in the past. We're figuring it out. Brian Reynolds, take a step forward. Gregory Polanco... I have a lot to come on Gregory Polanco still. And Ben Charrington talked about Gregory Polanco. You'll hear his thoughts, and you'll hear my thoughts, and they probably couldn't be more two differing ideas on one player. 
But again, like I said, Cole Tucker, his development, and, and all these things are what you need to continue to see from them as an organization. But up next, all that is through the prism of what is looming. In nine days, the trade deadline, it's going to be weird. We don't know what to expect. I know the Pirates are sellers. There's not a whole lot of teams that know that about themselves right now because of the expanded playoffs. Their problem is, do they have the pieces to be sellers? We'll get into that. Ben Charrington met with the media yesterday, like I said, spent a decent chunk of his time talking about the trade deadline, what he's looking to do. I'll tell you about that next. Stick with me, Craig Riley here on Bucko Talk. The Fan Hotline is brought to you by the Workers' Compensation Law Firm of Hall and Capitas. You can join us there at 412-928-9370. Craig Riley back with Bucko Talk. We've already looked back on the past week, and now it's time to begin to look ahead because the trade deadline, which is maybe the biggest moment for this franchise in this entire season. Individual games are bringing better performances now. We saw from Brian Reynolds, Kevin Newman's heating up, the starting pitching's looking better. That's fine. But this organization is years away from competing again, from being a real contender. So any chance they can take or any time they have to try and take a step forward and move that timeline up is a big moment for them. And that's nine days from now. The Major League Baseball trade deadline takes place. Ben Charrington met with the media yesterday and talked a good bit about this trade deadline, the weirdness it's going to bring with it, how they're viewing it, and just in general what he thinks could happen. Let's hear that now. Hold on. That's my fault. Matt Harkin's producer, my computer is muted. Now let's hear that. I was just curious, 10 days out from the trade deadline, um, wanted to get a sense if you guys expect to be active and kind of along those lines, if you expect much activity throughout the league just based on how unusual this season is. Yeah, I think we'll be really active in conversations. That's already started. Uh, lots of lots of phone calls happening. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of that, a lot of exchange of information, dialogue, sim- similar level to a normal year. Um, you know, in terms of whether those turn into deals, don't know. Um, I guess you never you never really know until until they do, and even in a normal year, um, I, I, I still don't know. You know what this year will mean as far as volume of activity. I, I'd expect there'll be deals to be made. Um, it's possible teams will factor things or weigh things differently. You know, but I think the level of dialogue and information sharing will be just as robust as ever, and that's already started. And will will teams be hesitant to look at minor league players to include in, in deals or potential deals simply because you you know you don't know necessarily where these guys are at at this point? Yeah, I mean it's it's less information, kind of similar to the draft, I would say, where you know the last several weeks uh, just didn't have, and um, so you weigh what you have before that and. You get do 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 as much as you can to get confirmation on health and that nothing's changed significantly, et cetera. So I'd expect that's what teams will do. Um, if guys are at alternate sites, there is data coming out of those sites, um, so you can get some confirmation on that on guys that way. Uh, if guys are not at alternate sites, um, they can still be made available as players to be named later, but obviously harder to get. Um, any up-to-date or recent information. So you're going on uh, what they've done previously and just, you know, confirming health and 
so, so I don't know, Rob. It's it's uh, uh, it, it's different. The draft was different, but you know, team still drafted players. I'd expect we still see trades the next few days. And the thing you talked about wanting to stockpile talent, and you needed more talent from the second you got here. When you look at where the, where the big club is performing, does that make it? difficult when the guys that you sort of need to be good, whether it's for your success now or even as an asset uh, going forward, does it make it hard to does it delay maybe the development of that in terms of trying to stockpile talent when the guys that you want to, you know, that might be the most tradable assets or are not performing at the way that, that you need them to? I mean, yeah, I, I think we just have to continue to like go back to how many games we've actually played and what does that mean? about a player and, you know, however we were valuing players, you know, um, in, in the middle of July, um, I don't think can change that much after 21 games. So if we have players who are performing, you know, below what we'd expect them to be performing at, um, and that doesn't mean that's going to continue, um, 21 games is a short amount of time. And, uh, so I don't think it, I don't think that changes our valuation on those players uh, to any any degree, and and then we can't control how other teams are gonna are gonna react to that. Um, so we just have to listen and and learn. And uh, there's plenty of guys here who uh, we we really like and value and believe are good players, and maybe you know aren't performing up to their past levels. Uh, doesn't mean they won't later on this year. Doesn't doesn't mean they won't next year and years years to go. And uh, we've got a lot of time on a lot of these guys. And to acquire more talent, like you said, I I, I don't mean this to be insulting, but I'm guessing you're probably not going to be buyers and, and trying to, you know, get the big fish out there. But do you need to get something done at the trade deadline, you know, getting guys on expiring contracts, getting something back for them, turning veterans into multiple prospects that you can develop? Like, is it important for your team building over the next couple of years to to have some activity here at the deadline? Um, I think we need to work as hard as we can to see if, if there's opportunities, you know, between now and the deadline to get better, help ourselves, put ourselves in a stronger position going forward. Uh, but we can't force it. You know, we can't, if you start, if you start thinking that you have to do something, um, it almost always leads to mistakes. So, uh, we need to work as hard as we can to, to see if we can find opportunities to help us just get stronger and put us in a better position. But, I don't. I don't feel like there's anything we have to do. And when you talk about listening to offers and that everybody's on the table, how much, if you were to discuss somebody like a Josh Bell, how much do the Pirates as an organization take into consideration the public backlash, the fan backlash after the Pirates have traded guys like Andrew McCutcheon, Garrett Cole, starting Marte, and how much does that factor in versus just strictly looking at it as a baseball trade? Well, I mean, I certainly don't want to comment on any specific player. And, and as I just said, like, I, I really do believe there's a lot of players on this team who will be part of our team when we're good and excited about that. And um, we've got a bunch of guys here who not only have a chance to be good baseball players, but are really good people too and care. Um, so, uh, you know, I haven't thought about that question in terms of a specific player. Um, but I would say, yeah, for a team like the Pirates, we're going to be, we're going to have to be willing to make trades. And, and uh, sometimes that's going to involve players who, um, have been good players and, um, that, you know, have meant something to the Pirates. And, 
um, and, and, and fans may be attached to. I think generally speaking, and I don't want to speak for specific fans because um, I don't want to pretend I'm on someone else's shoes, but I've been a fan for a lot longer than I've done this job. And I guess, uh, I guess how I've always felt about it is, uh, you know, the attachment is to the team and winning. And then, of course, we grow attached to players, too, along that way. Um, but we wake up, you know, wake up every day thinking about the team first. And so we just have to keep that in front of us. You know, what what can we do in our jobs to help the Pittsburgh Pirates get better, uh, move towards being a winning team, and then be able to sustain that? And there's lots of things that go into that. Um, you know, trading players is one of those. And, and uh, just about every successful team that I know of in baseball, including teams that are in somewhat similar situations to the Pirates, um, are doing that thing. You know, they're sometimes making those kinds of moves. All right, my big takeaways from Charrington there. Uh, the part where he talked about needing to get something done to build for the next couple of years. I think it was the Jason Mackey question, if I'm re- remembering that correctly. Ben Charrington said they, they'll work hard to see if there are opportunities, but feeling like you have to do something often leads to mistakes. I would agree in most circumstances that if you're forcing it, it's probably not the best way to do things. But here's my one problem with that. The Pirates are in a situation like is rarely seen in baseball. Yes, there are always very bad teams. But this team is on pace to be historically bad. And I think they're in a position where moves do have to be made. I don't, listen, I don't think they're going to stand still at the trade deadline. If they do, it is a major mistake. Uh, and I'm saying that, that even if there were bad deals out there, they need to do something. Because the other thing, and I'm going to get to this in the next segment, Ben Charrington talked about he sees, quote, a lot of players on this team now that he thinks are going to be part of it in the future. I do not. I do not see of the 28 guys they have on this roster right now a lot. Now, you could define a lot however you want. When you're talking about a team of 28 players, a lot doesn't mean two or three. And that's, I mean, I'm hard-pressed to find two or three that I would write right down now and say, when this team is contending again, or let's say even just when this team and organization is 500 again, these guys are going to be here. That is a short list. But in terms of the trade deadline, you do have to feel like you have to get something done. This organization is so lacking in talent that you have to take risks you typically wouldn't. Like Charrington said. When you feel like you have to do something, you often make mistakes. That's fine. But you have to do something with this organization right now. The Starling Marte trade brought in Brennan Malone, the 33rd pick in 2019, and Leover Pagero, a 19-year-old shortstop. Those are high-risk, high-reward guys. I wouldn't advocate for a ton of moves of high ceiling but also super high risk. But in this situation, I would. There is so little talent in the minor leagues. There is even less talent on the major league roster. Make moves, take chances, because this year is the year to do that more than any other. Swing for the fences and see what you can get in terms of those guys. Take your chances, and if a couple of them pan out, it's going to help speed up that timeline to contending again. Up next, though. Ben Charrington did say there's a lot of players on this team that will be here when they turn it around. That's what he believes. 
I don't agree with that. And I got one guy that absolutely is not going to be a part of it that's a huge problem for them right now, Gregory Polanco, that I want to get into. Stick with us, Craig Riley on Bucko Talk. That's all still to come. Follow us on Twitter at 937FAN, driven by Jim Shorky Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shorkykia.com. Craig Riley back with Bucko Talk. You want to tweet at me your thoughts on anything we've talked about so far, the upcoming trade deadline, the past week, and what we're getting into now, what Ben Sherrington had to say about the players that are here and their role in the future, and Gregory Polanco as well. You can tweet those at me, at Craig Riley. I'll read some of those as well. But let's get right into this. In the last segment, we heard Ben Sherrington on the trade deadline, and inside of that he said there's a lot of players. A lot of players is his wording that he thinks will be here when they turn this around. I do not agree with that. But to be fair, he talked more about the players that are here being part of the future. So let's hear that first, then I'll react. I came in here believing there were good players here. I still believe that. Like, you know, I think the players that uh, we felt back in November or December would be important to the future of the Pirates are, you know, the same players. And, um, you know, still I've said this before, I really still believe this. There are players on this team right now who are going to be part of this team when we're good. I mean, I really do believe that. Um, you know, it doesn't mean it's a guarantee, but I, that's what I believe. And uh, and then, you know, more globally, there's good players in the minor league system, good players in Altoona right now. We certainly need to add to that. You know, we need to be every day thinking about how do we um, acquire more impact, you know, and uh, part of getting better is by, you know, having a really good process and improvement, and those are really critical, and part of it's going to be on about acquiring more talent. You know, we've got to do, we've got to do all those things. Agree with the last part, acquire more talent, and he phrased it better there. He didn't say a lot of players like we heard in the prior clip. A lot of players feels like a stretch. I look at this roster and this is sort of what you have to do in this conversation. You have to figure out when you think this team will be contending again. How many years until you think the talent that is at the major league level now combined with the talent that's at the minor league level and the talent that Ben Charrington and this regime will still bring in, when will that whole group come together to contend again? For this conversation, my thought process on that I can't envision that being within the next three years. Because like Charrington said, they need to add to their minor league system. Coming into this year, MLB.com 2020 farm system rankings had the Pirates 15th. When your major league product, when your major league talent level is as bad as the Pirates, the only way you look into the future and see a contender coming is when you have one of the higher rated prospect systems. We did see that with Neil Huntington. Now, that it ended poorly here for him. But you could see, and I remember predicting when this organization was going to turn it around based off what they were doing in the minor leagues and the pieces that were coming. You could look ahead and say, okay, I see X number of guys. I see them panning out this way. Now, not all of them are going to work. But if enough of them do, at this time, this team can contend again. I have a really hard time putting a date on it because I don't see enough talent to say when all these pieces come together, they're going to contend. Because I don't think I see enough pieces like that. I mean, you look at some of their top prospects, and for me, the big one is on the pitching side. Quinn Priester is their top-rated pitching prospect. He has an ETA of reaching the majors in 2023 or 2024. 
So you're still three or four years away from your top pitching prospect making it. Then you have Brendan Malone, who they acquired in the Starling Marte trade. He was the 33rd pick in the 2019 draft. Should have high expectations for him. I don't see him as being here a lot sooner than Quinn Priester. Now, they could make trades and acquire more pitching because that's, like I said, how I think they have to turn this around is with pitching. But what pieces are they going to trade that will acquire high-end talent pitching? I don't see much of that. And in terms of the guys that will be here when they turn it around, I mean, let's look through the position players. Jacob Stallings. Will Jacob Stallings be here when they turn it around? That's possible. Jacob Stallings still has another year of arbitration, or another year under team control, and then three years of arbitration. So he's under team control for four more years. So could he be here? Yes, but it's not like that he's your starting catcher. So, okay, that's one, though. Is Josh Bell here when the Pirates turn it around? To answer that question, you have to answer, will Josh Bell sign a long-term deal with the Pirates? Because they have two more years of him. My answer to that is no, and I don't think they should. I think his best use to them is in a trade. He won't be here. Adam Frazier won't be here. Can't imagine Eric Gonzalez is going to be here. How about Colin Moran? Is Colin Moran going to be a part of a winning team that's here? He heads into arbitration next year. Three more years of club control. I don't think he's part of it. Kevin Newman, very possible. Cole Tucker, likely. And then Brian Reynolds, that's it. On the position player front, I come up with a backup catcher, Kevin Newman, Cole Tucker, and Brian Reynolds. That's four. Now, on the starting pitching front, could they sign Musgrove or Trevor Williams to long-term deals where they're sort of back of the rotation guys whenever they turn this around? That's possible, but that's what it will take for them to be here and be a part of this. Mitch Keller, that's another one. I think when this is turned around, Mitch Keller is probably at the top of that rotation. Because if he's not at the top of the rotation, then move that deadline, move that timeline further down the road. Because if that if he doesn't pan out for them, that sets them back big time. So to say there's a lot of players that will be here, maybe it was a slip of the tongue from Ben Charrington. Maybe he meant there's going to be some players. Because that's more what we heard in this last clip. He sees players here that could be part of it moving forward. I agree. I gave you my list there. I don't see a lot, though. Now, one guy that I can't envision has any chance of being a Pittsburgh Pirate when it turns around is Gregory Polanco. Gregory Polanco's struggles have been immense. They've been well documented. He looks lost. He looks very bad out there. And that's not to mention all the money that Gregory Polanco is still owed next year and beyond that to buy him out. Ben Sherrington talked about Gregory Polanco and what's going on with him. Well, you know, we, we really believe, we, we know he's a talented player. We believe that he's going to perform well at the major league level again. Um, if I think back to, and obviously I'm, you know, getting to know a lot of these guys this year, but uh, thinking back to the off season and going into spring training, he was someone that we talked about a lot and really curious about getting to know better. Um, we're so excited in spring training 1.0 uh, with, not just the performance on the field and how he was moving and things he was doing, but just the attitude and effort and uh, how engaged he was in the practice and on the bases and the smile and, you know, you name it. It was uh, um, exciting to see. You could see how refreshed he was to be back on the field and feel good, feel, be able to play baseball healthy. Um, hadn't been able to do that in a while. 
And um, and then even after the shut, you know, followed him through the shutdown, and he worked really hard during the shutdown, um, and saw the same things in uh, summer in summer camp that, you know, all, all those same things. And then and then he and then he missed some time uh, with the the COVID diagnosis, and I can't tell you how much that missed time has to do with his his struggle so far. Um, it's certainly possible. I know he's frustrated. I know he wants to be doing well. Uh, he continues to work hard. He's certainly talented. He's plenty young enough. You know, I bet on Gregory Polanco being a you know really good major league player again. Um, you know, right now we got to support him towards that. If there's one way to describe me as a person, it's a betting man. Ben Charrington said if he were a betting man, I don't know if he is or he isn't, he would bet on Gregory Polanco being a good player again. Craig Riley, the betting man, would place the opposite bet. I would bet against that with whatever money you want to put up against it. I got a lot of thoughts on Gregory Polanco. Now, maybe Ben Charrington saying all the right things because I am positive he would love to unload Gregory Polanco's contract. That's not Ben Charrington saying anything to me. That is Craig Riley, baseball observer, looking at Gregory Polanco being owed $11 million next year and then a $3 million buyout for the next year. That is $14 million guaranteed tied up into Gregory Polanco over the next two years. Because let's face it, they're not picking up the 2022 option. That's $12.5 million in 2022, $13.5 million in 2023. I can't see that happening. That money is much better spent in other ways. But I got a lot of thoughts on Gregory Polanco and why we are in this situation now, what they do with him moving forward. And also, like we talked about, the young players that are going to be a part of this moving forward. I want to get into the young players a little bit. And how those young guys we refer to on the Pirates, they're not all that young. Especially not when it comes to baseball. What's viewed as a young player in baseball? That's not the young guys on the Pirates right now, for the most part. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.